0: The following is a presentation of the Match
2: Talk Podcast Network. You are now logged into War Up on the Whipfield, featuring your hosts, Greg Warnock and Jeff Upson. PA Power Wrestling. PA Power wrestling. Pennsylvania is wrestling.
3: Welcome into War Up on the WPIAL. Greg Warnock alongside Jeff Upson as we will recap the AAWPIAL championships. But first, we'll talk a little bit about the section championships that happened on Friday at Cannon-McMillan. Each and every year, Frank Volcano always asks the coaches what they liked about it, what they disliked, uh, any kind of changes that may be able to happen. Well,
2: Greg, let me ask you, what did you, I mean, this is now your, your. this is what, our second year now? Second year doing this, yeah. So what, what do you feel like, um... How how did the section tournaments go and one gym? Quite a quite a interesting so they, setup.
3: Yeah, so they, they do because they have nine mats set up uh three uh and six in the center and then three on the auxiliary gym. So you have it done by sections, so three mats for each section. Then they had the semifinals where they had each one had two mats uh from there and then the consolations were in the auxiliary gym. Overall, I I feel like especially this year, after seeing this year's tournament sections and WPIOIs, it's time to eliminate the section tournament. Okay. It really is. The eliminations for the sections in Section 1 for the whole tournament, we're talking 14 weight classes, Section 1 eliminated 30 kids on Friday night. Section 2, 37 kids. Section 3, 40 kids. So that is a total of 107 total kids eliminated in that first night as opposed to putting them all in a weight class and going for the WPL championship. You have seven to eight... If you divide that number by 14 weight classes, that's seven to eight kids per weight class that you eliminated, as opposed to having them wrestle in just a full-on bracket in the WPL championships, which would be a lot easier on the WPL steering committee, on, on everybody in general. So you have that. That's it for the eliminations. Some weight classes... They didn't even have four kids to send to the WWE yeah, I championships. Think, I
2: think you said there was one weight where there was just one wrestler.
3: One hundred and ninety-five pounds, Section One, Bryson Miller of Freedom, the only kid to weigh in. He didn't have to wrestle. So he all just he had to do is make, make weight. He gets a gold medal. That's awesome. <laughs> and that, That's incredible. the The argument that is made on the for some of the coaches, some of the smaller schools, some of the schools that aren't competing uh, as well for the team portion uh, in the beginning of the year is that section tournament is sometimes the biggest tournament for their kids. They practice all year. They stay throughout the entire season. They practice during, you know, as Burrell's making its run for another WPO crown and a state run. While they're doing that, they are still practicing because the section championships are coming up, and that's what they practice for. And 30 years from now, they have that medal to look back on and say, hey, you know what, I was at least a third-place
2: finisher in my section or a fourth-place finisher in my section. Yeah, but if you – if you win the section, I mean, if you take third in a section of three guys, I mean, what are you earning? Uh, yeah, I mean,
3: it's really a participation medal at this point. I mean, sure. how you kind of see it that way. And, and the other thing that's mind boggling is that there were over 30 scratches on Friday for the section championship, the, but the,
2: they were they turned in the rosters on Tuesday. I was going to say, it had to be in early this week, so... It was
3: Tuesday is when they had to be in so by. So you're saying between Tuesday and Friday... Over 30 kids scratched. And half of those were scratched before they even entered the building on Friday. So
2: why even put them in the tournament, the tournament on now Tuesday? You, now,
3: you're putting, now you're making the steering committee... Seed them in a bracket and put brackets together and make them readjust two days later. And those thirty kids are probably those thirty kids that the coaches are talking about. We want to keep them around all season, and then they don't even have the nerve to go
2: in and wrestle in that tournament. And and see, I'm sort of—I mean, I see—I see both sides a little bit. I mean, if if the goal is to grow the sport of wrestling, you want to have the the numbers up and the participation of wrestlers up. You you want to keep those. Wrestlers interested, but at the same time, to to what to what extent are we going to do that? You know, dangle a a ribbon in front of them and say, "Look, all you have to do is show up, and you can earn this." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's now what was the, what was the effect of the section the sectional tournaments on the WPIL tournament the next day on Saturday. Did that have, I mean.
3: I mean, to be honest with you, I think the this is probably the worst I've seen in WPIL wrestling as far as depth-wise goes. There were some good matches in the semis and in the finals and, you know, in the third and fifth place matches. But overall, those first three rounds were horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I would throw you some numbers. The pigtail round, 50 bouts wrestled in the pigtail round, 34 were decided by fall, two by tech. So that's. 36 of the possible 50 bouts were by fall or tech fall that's 72 percent of the matches the quarterfinals which is your top eight in the wpio 56 total bouts 34 were decided by fall or tech fall in the quarterfinals quarterfinals of the wpio championships 34 by fall or tech 30 of those were falls by the way that's 61 percent first round of consolations 50 bouts, 33 decided by fall or tech, another 66%. That means out of 156 bouts in the first three rounds that people paid admission to go see, 103 of those were by fall or tech fall, 66% of the matches by fall or tech. Yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> I mean... And, and, you know, you if you throw those other kids into the mix, maybe you have some more of those bad matches in the opening rounds, but at the very least, you're going to see some more competitive matches. I right, feel and, like. and
2: I think if you, you see the the more competitive matches in the early rounds and uh, if it funnels through, and you may still have a high number of uh, major decisions, Tech Falls in the, the quarterfinals, but certainly not that many Tech Falls and Falls in, in the District 7 quarterfinals. I mean, that is... It's mind, it was mind-boggling. It was yeah. such
3: a quick tournament and it was such a tight schedule as it was yeah they were ahead of schedule the
2: whole day because well, you had all 30 scratches falls. and you had all those falls and you had i mean that's just that's interesting i, I don't uh, yeah that's a that's a tough one but you're right that would that would beg to to the question is do you just scrap the section tournaments i mean the D- district one had the sort of the same issue The district one in AAA. Out in the eastern part of the state, they have seven different sectionals. Now, now, granted, that's a very large district. District one has it's the largest number of schools uh, in the state. But they had some brackets where in the sections that there was two two wrestlers, <laughs> you know. And and they've been talking for years about whether they should eliminate those league championships. Um, and now they actually have three different. Their district one championships. They don't have a one district one championship. They have three different sites. They have north, south, and central. So. I mean, this is this is an issue across the state, not just in the WPIL. But that 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 to me is kind of embarrassing if you have that many tech falls and falls in the quarterfinals of the, of your your district championship.
3: Yeah, and the other thing that happens too is they have because of the fact that the whole how championships are wrestled in one day. They have the Fat five-match rule. So they now cannot wrestle back to third place because some of those kids may not get the opportunity to wrestle again. So what they do, if you lose in a semifinal, you're automatically dropped down to the third and fourth-place match. And yeah. they seed it by formula. because yeah, and, and the biggest reason is because they don't really have time to go from Friday to Saturday to seed an entire bracket. So now they do the three-section champs, and then they do it by formula.
2: Just looking at how that could affect a wrestler – and especially when you're talking about the placement into the Southwest region, which we know is a, a very critical component of, of this, you look at 106 in the WPIL. Your top two finishers were Connor Redinger and Joe Fisher. Now, I, I would argue that you could say the third best wrestler in that weight class was Trent Vlauchek from Burrow, yep. right? And you look at that, and he loses to Joey Fisher 3 uh, nothing in the quarterfinals. So he doesn't make the semifinals. So he drops down. He can no longer go for third. But because Ryan Michaels and Damien George made the semifinals, they automatically drop down to that third place bout. And I would argue that, you know, Trent could possibly be the third best wrestler in that weight, but the fact that he lost to Joey Fisher in the same, you know, same score, uh, Ryan Michaels lost to Joey Fisher three nothing as well. And um you know, he doesn't have a chance to wrestle back for for third, which, there, which screws up the the Southwest Regional pairings.
3: And there's no telling that Velocik beats Michaels or Velocik beats George. I think Velocik's actually probably beaten George already this year. Uh, but that opportunity for Velocik is not there. And now he has thrown – the biggest thing that the WPIO Steering Committee has always said is that they want to get their very best wrestlers to state. That is their – their main objective uh, for entering the Southwest regional, you're not giving your wrestlers now the best chance. There are a few different weight classes where I could point to that the fifth place finisher is better than the third or the fourth place guy. Yeah, for sure. And that is not what, it's not how it should be, but because of the fact that you get two or three good kids in one section, then all of a sudden, yeah, your, your top kid is the top seed, but then they're all bundled up in the bottom half with another section champion and you're not getting your best kids. And then you have, a guy walking into the semifinals who may be the fifth or sixth best kid in the weight, but they're finna finished fourth because of the fact that they're just gifted a top four finish.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you there. And I think that's a, that's an issue when you look at it, it would be one thing if you wrestled back full, full wrestlebacks at third place. And th- there is no um, real question there. But And
3: I understand the steering committee's decision because they ha- they can't do it because of the five-match rule. Yeah. So there are some kids who may lose in that first round that they may not be able to get to that third place because of the fact of the five-match rule. So it's... It is a situation where I understand why the logic of why they have to drop down from the semifinals. But if it's a two-day tournament, they are able to wrestle all the way back for third.
2: So let me ask you this: so we, we realize that there's there's an issue. I would say with numbers that you provided, with the the, the quality of talent, uh, but also the way that the brackets are, are laid out and our top, you know, our top finishers are they actually getting? Are they the the right representation of those top wrestlers? What do you do? So if it was if it was a perfect world for you, how would you change that? Because you still are going to have to have the WPIO championship, a two-day tournament. So right. you're going to have to wrestle Friday, Saturday. You're just saying enlarge the brackets, make it a 24-man I, bracket or something? I, I just
3: make it all. I have no section tournament. You seed every kid 1 to 24. We know the WPIO does a great job in seeding, so I wouldn't be worried about that. You're going to see lopsided scores, especially in that first round of the uh, – of the championships. But those kids who lose in that first round are going to be wrestling their similar opponents in the consolations. They're going to have two or three really good matches as opposed to wrestling a section tournament where they may only get one good match because they're going to get probably blown out in the opening round of the section tournament because they're wrestling a top seed. And then they have to fall down to try to get back for third. And they may have one good match, maybe two this way. They still get some good matches. They still get some quality wrestling. And you know what? They don't get the medal. Next year, you're placing top seven in a WPIL. It's not like we're placing top two or top three, and it's yeah, near right, impossible right, to advance. Right, right. You could be in the top seven. That means you just got to work better. You, yeah, you got to work, work harder or- if, if that's what it means to you. If it means that much, work harder in the offseason or work harder during the season, whatever the case might be, to try to finish in the top seven, which to me, because you're advancing so many... I don't think you have the need to have a section tournament.
2: This is the most fired up I've seen you in the entire season. Uh, you're, I mean, this is even worse than when you wore the uh, the Christmas tie that actually jingled and made noise. I mean, You enjoyed that tie. It was a terrible tie. <laughs> I agree with you, Greg. I, I agree with you that uh, there, there's probably – this was a nice experiment, if you will, for the WPL and the steering committee, but it looks and appears to be that – It's not really working to the extent that it could and or should. So I agree. I think you enlarge the brackets. I think you make a twenty four man bracket or whatever it may be. I mean, because I mean, based on past practices, you are going to have thirty scratches anyways, right? um, You know, and and, and just wrestle that championship. And as you said, if you can't finish top seven at the WPI championships, I mean, work harder. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We don't need to have the sections just to say, "Hey, I finished." Three out of three in my section, and that's just silly. Or or five
3: kids weighed in. I placed fourth. I have this medal thirty years from now because I beat one kid at sections.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I had. I remember it was the funniest thing. I wrestled um uh, my sophomore. It was my my freshman or sophomore year. One of those two. We wrestled in a JV tournament at Central Dolphin, and there was. It was like me and two other teammates were all in the same bracket. And then there was like one other kid from a non center off in school. And I took second, I lost to a kid on my team and I'm just thinking like, and the and was the medal the the trophy was huge like the trophy was huge and i'm like this is a joke like you should not waste your money i remember saying that i was like why are you even handing out a trophy for a jv tournament a second place finish and the trophy was like one of the biggest trophies i i had you know it was kind of embarrassing and i you know i didn't display that in my house i was like hey look at this i got a second place at a jv tournament but right. i i don't know maybe that's
3: I mean, it's in the section tournaments used to be a big deal because they only used to take the top three. Uh, they used to be the top three came out of sections when I was in high school, and winning a section championship meant something for those, you know, those couple of years. I would say once it got to my senior year, the section championships didn't mean as much, but during that time of those first couple years, you were actually eliminating good kids from that tournament. I mean, you're not. You're not eliminating There are so many kids going on, and there's so few numbers, too. Now, if the participation numbers went up, and maybe that's something in the beginning of the year, if the steering committee can get a number count and say, how many wrestlers are we going to have in the section championships – then maybe they look to do it. But if the numbers are like they are now, and by the way, I also heard South Fayette maybe going to the AAA
2: really? next year. Oh, boy.
3: And if that happens, you're just eliminating another school
2: who – A full lineup school.
3: A full lineup, exactly. And going from AAA to, or AA to AAA, South Fayette had 11 kids in the WPIO Championships and advanced seven to the Southwest region. So now you're taking a lot of good kids out
2: of the WPIO Championships – I, I'd uh, like to see South A up in Triple A,
0: But that
3: just goes back I, I know, to the numbers I know, I know.
2: that. You're fired up. I know. I get it. I get it.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join US Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
3: Well, you know, it, it's about time, right? Yeah, it's about time to get some
2: <laughs> excitement other than scores and, you know, anything else that's going on. I'm glad to see that you you have a pulse.
3: That and my my Twitter account, you know, rebounding. Yeah, what are you what are you up to?
2: 120? I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. Well,
3: that's because half the time I'm tweeting out for PA Power, you know, well, so.
2: Yeah, that should get you some brand recognition there. I don't know. I think, so. <laughs> I thought it should. <laughs> let's let's go through and look at, so we talked about 106, and I don't think it was much of a surprise here at 106 pounds with Connor Redinger coming away with the championship. He's been ranked uh, top five in the state for, for several weeks now, and he beats Joey Fisher from South Park in the finals for nothing. Not a huge surprise there. Those two have battled back and forth this year.
3: No, I mean, Redinger looks solid. He looks like, He's uh, ready for a big performance here over these next couple of weeks. Fisher looked good as well. He uh, handled Trent Valachik three to nothing, controlled the match, handled Ryan Michaels, Elizabeth Ford three to nothing as well. So Fisher looks solid too, and I'd expect uh, him to make a nice run here at Southwest Regionals next week as well.
2: It's going to be tough, man. There's those bracket the 106 pounds especially. There's a lot of depth there, but I think you're right. I think Redinger uh, is, is going to be. It's going to be his time to shine here. If he wants to to really make an impact on the the state level, he's going to have to really perform well at the Southwest region. Yeah, Renninger comes in as the top seed at the Southwest Regional Tournament
3: as far as some guys around the Southwest region, who do you like that's not from the WPIL?
2: Well, Amon Ol from St. Joe's Academy. He's thirty-four and one on the season. He's a freshman, just been completely dominant in the in the way he's been wrestling as of uh, as of late. So he's on that bottom half with Joey Fisher there, but Kai Burkett from Chestnut Ridge, a guy who just. Uh, last week at the or I'm sorry, the team state tournament, he knocked off the number one ranked kid in the state, Jacob Blair. Burkett's a guy who he's like his his older brother, he's he was a little bit undersized to start the season. Um, but he's grown into hundred six pounds, I think, and he looks a lot more comfortable. And uh, boy, he wrestled I mean, great at the team championships for Chestnut Ridge. So uh, he's a guy that I think is going to challenge. I think you look at that bottom half, and there's a lot of talent there. Um, But I think Connor Redinger sort of has the – not the easier side because you have Baylor Shunk there from Penns Valley. He's a returning state medalist. Um, So there's a lot of depth here. And, of course, he could see uh, Trent Valachek in the the second round there because, um, you know, just the way the thing's – yeah, with and him out. being a fifth place
3: finisher in the region, uh, another and, and, guy and, Baylor Shunk as well out of Penns yeah. Valley, a solid wrestler. He and uh, Trent Balochik, uh depending on how they turn out, could end up wrestling for a potential spot in the state championships.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's uh, it's I think one is one of the more intriguing weights for me personally to watch. One hundred
3: and thirteen pounds, your champion in the WPIAL. It was. Ian Oswald of Burl he defeats Shane Kemper of Bergentown 6 to nothing for the title. Kemper had a good tournament. He uh, defeats Doug Bittner of Mount Pleasant 5 to nothing in the
2: semifinals
3: to get there as far as uh, this tournament not too surprising oswald comes away with gold
2: no i wasn't surprised that that ian was able to come away with a, a championship as a as a freshman he's been pretty uh, dominant all year um but you look at shane kemper that's a freshman beating a senior and doug bittner doug bittner's a guy who's been around the block for for quite a number of years but kemper beats him five nothing i was impressed with the way he wrestled and um you know not not necessarily um that oswald didn't look dominant because he did, but
3: I mean Oswald. It was a one nothing match going into the third with Kemper. Sure, and Kemper picked chose neutral because he didn't want to be underneath Oswald, and Oswald ends up getting a takedown and he gets three near falls. But Kemper battled him on his feet and he he wrestled him tough. You know the first two periods obviously without a takedown uh, awarded to either guy. So I thought Kemper looked solid, and uh, I'm interested to see how he does here in the Southwest Region. I mean, it sounds like he's closing the gap. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, You look at the Southwest Regional, Josh Boozle comes in as the number one seed. Oswalt is the number two, and Nathan Holderbaum of Chestnut Ridge is number three.
2: Yeah, and you look at here, and Josh Boozle is kind of the guy that uh, everyone's chasing here. He was a state runner-up last year. Um, But there's quite a few uh, other wrestlers here that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, One of those wrestlers is Brock McMillan from Glendale. He's a freshman. His two losses this year are only to uh, Boozle. He lost to him in the District 6 Finals last weekend. and um, He's another guy that I think if he gets on a run, I I definitely see him in the uh, semifinals here. And I think he and Oswald will most likely meet there. And I think that could be a, a good, good bout. But then I wouldn't sleep on Jack Bruce either from Blairsville. He's a junior. He wrestled at Kiskey Prep uh, the two years prior. And um, he finished third in a really deep. District 6 tournament, like I said, with Boozle and uh, McMillan. So I, I think you're going to see some some good competition on that bottom half. That top half, though, uh, I think Boozle's, you know, he, it's his for the taking.
3: Yeah, you look at uh, Oswald. He's going to have uh, Bruce potentially in the quarterfinals, and then he'd have to wrestle McMillan in the semi. So he's going to have to really get through three District 6 guys, solid District 6 guys if he wants to win a title. And, I, and the way Shane, Shane Kemper is positioned, I like him to uh, get to the
2: semifinals. Yeah, Shane Kemper definitely. Uh, he has that that possibility to get there. I mean, you look at at who's on his side. He's got Justin uh, Schaefer from Berlin on the the bottom half there at uh, five five uh, district five runner up. So yeah, Shane Kemper, if he wrestles like he did this last weekend, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the the semifinals.
3: One hundred and twenty pounds for the WPIO is one of those weight classes where you talk about. All the guys on the bottom half of the bracket and because of the positioning, and that's how it happened here. Tyler Simmerman was the section champion in uh, Section 2, so that put Manny Dovshek and Jimmy Guire both on the bottom as they finished second and third. Kenny Dushek of Freedom was your number 2 seed, and Colin Dunn of South Fayette, your number 3. And in my opinion, going into this, I thought Dunn, Dovshek, Wire, and Dushek were 2 through 5, Simmerman coming in as the favorite in this weight class, and you had them all in the bottom half. So how they would finish... One of them would be second. One of them would be third. Another one fifth. Another one seventh. This is because of how it how the bracket falls, and it's pretty much what happened here. Simmerman beats Dushek three to two for the title. Dovshak ends up finishing in third place. And Guire, though, actually was upset in the uh, fifth place match to Jordan Divine of Elizabeth
2: Forward six three. But Colin Dona Salvia was your seventh place finisher. Yeah, that was. I mean, that is a, a strange bracket the way that that fell because. Like you said, that bottom half was just loaded. I was very surprised to see Guire get knocked off uh, by Devine in, in the in the fifth-place match. But, um, yeah, that, that that was a case of just a lumping of talent on that bottom half.
3: Right, and that's because Zimmerman was the top seed, and obviously he wins the WPAL championship, so he proves that. But Kenny Dushek looks solid against uh, Manny Dushek, and it was a really good match between Zimmerman and Dushek, two outstanding freshmen. We're going to have a lot of fun watching those guys over the years. Yeah, I agree. You look at the Southwest Regional and how the bracket looks. Simmerman gets the third seed as your top seed in the weight class was Brian Dawson of Hindman and your number two, Byron Daubert of
2: Forest Hills. Man, this weight class is is loaded when you look at some of the the names here. And uh, just looking at the top half here, Dawson, he gets the the top seed by way of having won the District 5 championship. But Zach Whitmer from St. Joe's Academy, he lost in uh, the semifinals of the District 6 tournament. Uh, to Byron Dowbert, as you as you mentioned, and then Dowbert goes on and beats Derek Christie in the finals. A guy who was a state medalist last year. Whitmer is one of our top incoming freshmen uh, for this year, and he's thirty six and two in the season. So I think he's he's wrestling pretty well. Um, but I would expect. Whitmer to come out of that top half and get into the semifinals. Uh, Derek Christie's going to have his hands full with James Guire to begin with, uh, and then Kenny Dushak's going to have Clayton Lee from Berlin, who's seventeen and five on the year. Um, and Zimmerman's actually going to have Sebastian Kekic from uh, uh, Johnstown. He's been kind of all over. He was at Johnstown, then at McCourt. Now he's back at, at Johnstown. So. The, he's not going to have a, an easy route to the, the semifinals. And as you said, uh, Daubert there on the bottom, I would have to say Daubert's a favorite based on the fact that he won a, a loaded District 6 tournament here. Were you surprised Dawson got the top seed? Surprised to see I, I thought Daubert really had that. I thought he was the, the top seed for sure. I thought Dawson maybe uh, second or third. Zimmerman I thought probably could have been the second.
3: You look from the WPL perspective, Zimmerman and Dushek wrestling very well. Manny Dushek, a former state qualifier, as well as Jimmy Guire. So you have four really good wrestlers from the WPL side, but then you have three or four guys from District 6, plus you had to throw Brian Dawson in the mix. This is probably the deepest, one, one of uh, the deepest weight classes in the Southwest region.
2: When you look at accomplishments, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the deepest. I mean, we have a, a state medalist. We have a, a bunch of state qualifiers. So yeah, I would say it's definitely one of the deeper ones. And you have three some, outstanding freshmen. Yeah, three outstanding freshmen. Uh, Zach Whitmer, sort of the, the leading that charge. He's just been on fire until the District 6 tournament, like I said. And that just really shows how good Daubert is. The fact that he took out Whitmer and then Christie he, he pinned him in the finals. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a fun one to watch.
3: 126 pounds. Gavin Teasdale becomes the 28th wrestler to win four WPIL championships. He defeats Sean Broadway two days in a row. He wins in the finals. 18-4, major decision to get the title. Broadway had a tight one with Z.J. Ward of Freedom. He beat him th- uh, one to nothing to get to the finals. Ward had a tight one with Jet Patterson of McGuffey, a former WPIL champion. He beat him 3-2. to two. So, Patterson because of how the bracket falls can only finish fifth at best although he was the number four wrestler in this tournament ZJ Ward ends up finishing in third place but overall the bracket again just can't work out for uh, for the case for Patterson to be able to get in top
2: four. I mean, you look at Broadway. and Broadway had the wrestle from that first round. He had the he had Nick Moore. He pinned him in forty seven seconds. But then he had uh, Brian Goal from Burl, who's thirty one and ten in the year. He had to beat him two nothing. Beat ZJ Ward one nothing, and then face Gavin Teasdale. So, by virtue of the fact that he finished second in his section, despite the fact that it was Gavin Teasdale he was in the section with, um, yet Jet Patterson. I mean, as you said, he only loses three two to ZJ Ward. I think Jet Patterson. You know. Finishing fifth, I would like to see him and Austin Ryan wrestle. I don't. I think he. I think he beats Austin Ryan to tell you, to yeah. tell you the truth. I think.
3: And really, how does Brian Gall finish? Because he finished uh, seventh. Yeah. He loses to Sean Broadway two to nothing, and he loses to Jet Patterson That's two, two to one. one.
2: Yeah, I, I think. You, and he's, he's a seventh place finisher now in this weight class, which is and then as compared to a fourth place in Austin Ryan. Which, I mean, that that to me is just is just, just a, a disservice to the the quality of wrestlers you have here. I mean, we're talking about a guy from Burl with ten losses. A Burl schedule, and you only have ten losses. You're pretty much, uh, you know, state qualifier caliber in that right. in that sense. So, um, and clearly, these guys are all neck and neck. Broadway ZJ Ward, Jet Patterson, a guy you said has, has been you know been on the top of the podium before here. So, um, yeah, I think you know you look at Austin Ryan, he's eighteen and fifteen, and he beats Brady Sherlock four three. And then he automatically, because he made the semifinals, because he had a four three win, he, he's he's down though. He went
3: one and two and finished fourth place.
2: Yeah, right. and, not,
3: and no disrespect to Austin Ryan, he's a good wrestler, but one and two is all he. He had to win one match to be the fourth, fourth place, place finisher, finisher. Yeah, in a W
2: where Sean Broadway had to win three matches just to. He had to go three and one just to finish second.
3: Right, and. In tough matches too, Brian yeah. Gall, ZJ Ward, uh, people that aren't going to be cakewalks by any means. But again, another case where the top four or two through five rather are all in the bottom half. You look at the Southwest Regional, Gavin Teasdale obviously coming in as the favorite to be a four-time champ here as well. Garrett Cornell of Everett is your number two. Do you like Cornell here? or Do you think Broadway can
2: uh, get by him, or uh, even Ward? I, I, well, I mean, so you're—I mean, on the bottom half. Maliki Duval is a guy I think is probably going to make the finals here. Freshman from, from St. Joe's Academy. Um, Duvall is, is he's going to have uh, Brian goal in the, the first round, but I think he's been, he, he won a tough district six tournament. Um, and I like the way he's been wrestling uh, as of late, but that bottom half is pretty loaded. And you look at uh, Sean Broadway's down there with ZJ Ward uh, and Garrett Cornell from Everett, a guy who, who I'm, been impressed with this most of the season so um, on the top half yeah Gavin Teesdale's going to do it Gavin Teesdale does right um, that's that it's just a matter of who's who's going to get out in that bottom half and um, I think it's going to come down to Duvall and uh, Cornell and possibly Broadway so it, it should be should be a tight race between those
3: and here's a good example of positioning in the southwest regional Austin Ryan and Brady Sherlock are both in the middle of the top half of the bracket. So in the top, you have Teasdale and Patterson who will likely wrestle in the quarterfinals. Uh, with Teasdale, obviously likely to win. Brady Vila, Austin Ryan, Brady Sherlock, and Tristan Rutter are your top four in the next quadrant down. One of those four is going to advance because you get the top six. Once you get to the semifinals, you're guaranteed a top six finish. Correct. One of those four is going to advance to Hershey.
2: And you look at Jet Patterson, and because he was the fifth-place finisher, he's going to lose to Gavin Teasdale after you know he wins his first match. Yep. He's no longer going to be guaranteed a spot at States because he's not going to make the semifinals, as opposed to Austin Ryan, who I think you put Jet Patterson down on that quadrant down there. He wins. I think he gets to the semifinals, for yep. sure.
3: I agree. And now all of a sudden he's now in the top half with Teasdale and you know he's not going to win that match. So now he's going to have to fight back through the consolations and who knows what's going to fall down to him in those consolations as well. So now you're not getting your best wrestler. Or in this case, it could end up being a Tristan Rutter who goes to the semifinals and ends up going to Hershey. Wouldn't you rather, if you're the WPIO, have Jet Patterson there than yeah, see a guy from District Six?
2: Yeah, I'd much rather. I mean, Austin Ryan comes in with a 19 and 17 record. Um, you know, that quadrant out of those those uh, four wrestlers, one of those wrestlers is going to make to the state tournament. Uh, that's uh, that's that's questionable. That's questionable. Right.
3: And then on the bottom half, like you mentioned, Duval, Broadway, Ward, and Cornell, one of those guys isn't. Yeah. Sure. Because of the way the bracket falls and how you fall into the consolation, so one of those four guys will not make it. So definitely uh, something that we, when we talk about the WPIL and you know, you look at the section tournament, you know, it was important sometimes to get that medal for the kid. Whenever you're hurting your chances for the WPIL to get as many kids to Hershey as possible, 132 pounds, and this one was the surprise I think of the tournament. Your champion was Trent Schulteis from Freedom. He comes in as the
1: All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
3: Up in the section, he had lost to Donovan Chambers of Elwood City the previous night. He beats uh, Jason Baker of Derry in the quarterfinals by fall. He then t- knocks off top seed Anthony Corrado of Burl 6 to nothing, a decisive win. And he gets Alex Miskovich of Mount Pleasant in the finals, and he defeats Miskovich five to three. Miskovich beat John Rocco Cazales, which is a big win for him, three to two. Rocco Cazales beat Chambers of Elwood City nine seven. So a lot of depth at this weight class. Schulteis comes out on top. Miskovich to Rocco Cazales... Does upend Anthony Corrado after losing to him a couple of times. He beats him four two in overtime for third, and then Donovan
2: Chambers is your fifth place guy. This was a crazy weight class, man. And and Schultz is not the guy who I said looking at this bracket was, was gonna be in the finals for sure. I mean, you look at this, he's a guy who he he's lost to, to Donovan Chambers three times already this year. He loses to him the night before. Um and, and you're thinking, well, you know, he'll probably get beat by Baker, probably be a Baker or corrado semifinals. It, it's amazing for how good like Miskovich wrestled this weekend. He beat uh, a very tough John Rocco Gonzalez three two in a grueling semifinals. But then Schulteis beats him five three. I mean, you're talking about a freshman who really had no business winning the Wipio Championship. To to be frank, all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and and just has the torment of his life. I mean, this was a great great performance by him. I mean, he just everything came together for him. I mean, it's easy for him to get to the finals and say, all right, I made it here. You know, this was more than I expected or more than, you know, people may expect it. But then just to, to win a championship over some of the top-ranked guys in the state.
3: And decisively, too. It wasn't even like it was a fluke. I hit a big, you know, shot or I hit a big throw and I was able to get, you know, a five-point move. He controlled every single match he was in.
2: Yeah, and that, that was that was very impressive the way he, he wrestled. And uh, as you said, if, if you would have said that uh, freshman Schulteis would finish ahead of Gonzalez, Carrado and... Um, and and Donovan Chambers, a guy who he is, he's not beaten yet this year. I would say you, you probably put all your money on that one. But um, yeah, very impressive performance by him. And
3: <laughs> to talk about 132 pounds, we're joined by the champion Trent Schulteis of Freedom. Trent, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. Well, Trent, you had a, a big tournament, but let's first go back to the section championships on Friday. You had a chance to wrestle Donovan Chambers of Elwood City, a guy you've uh, had trouble with in beating in his last uh, this past season. Talk a little bit about that match, uh, and you end up losing that first match with Chambers to finish second in the section. Talk a little bit about what happened in that match.
1: Uh, I mean, he's pretty good. He's a good wrestler, so he's just older, stronger.
3: What kind of things did you struggle with in uh, in getting going with him?
1: Riding mostly. I get like out of position a lot when I'm riding, and I think that's one of the things I need to work on. I get reversed a lot, so... So
3: that put you in the top half of the bracket. Uh, when you looked at the W Powell Championships on Saturday, what was your confidence level going in?
1: I mean I actually I was pretty confident because I think I fell pretty well in the bracket. I would rather fell where I did than on the bottom half. So
2: And, and Trent, this is you, you had to defeat Jason Baker, guy you had lost to early in the season, is that correct? Yes. So, I mean, uh, what, what was what was that like? What was the difference this time around as opposed to that, that first time you guys wrestled?
1: Uh, I just felt like I had more confidence this time. And, like, I've been working pretty hard. So, I knew I could beat him because it was a close match last time. And I figured it was anybody's match, but I just came out with a fall this time.
2: And in the semifinals, you're you're sitting nice there, but you have the top seed and a fellow freshman, uh, AJ Carrado from Burrow. um, Do you have? Did you wrestle him at all this season? Are you familiar with him at all?
1: Yeah, um, I wrestled him at our team went to the ultimate doles, and um, he he beat me six two there.
2: So that was that was it's for you to come out. So he beat you six two, and then you turn around and beat him six nothing. That's a huge turnaround there. What what did you do different this match that that really changed the? The dynamics of that?
1: I just had, like, I don't know. I feel like I had more confidence. Like, all the guys in my room get me better every single day. I mean, I have a great room, great coaches. So, they just give me a lot of confidence. And I just went out with more confidence and feel like that's what, that's all the
2: difference. So you had this if, if confidence was the, the key factor here, you had to be feeling pretty confident going into the finals um despite going up against a, a senior Alex Miskovich from Mount Pleasant, a guy who's who's been to the state tournament before. He knocks off a, a state medalist and John Rocco Cazales. Um what what was the the level of confidence like going into the finals against Miskovich and did you just kinda let things fly and have nothing to lose?
1: Yeah, I like I looked at it like I'm just a freshman. No one's expecting anything out of me, so I just took all the pressure off me and went out and wrestled my match.
3: How important was it for you to set the pace early and be able to control things?
1: I mean, it was pretty important because once I get get a lead, I feel like I'm. I just like I have less pressure on me and I just wrestle more in my style.
3: Coming into practice today as a WPIO champion, does it feel any different at all, or is it today just another day for you?
1: It's just another day. Like, I just went in the room, got my work in.
3: So, you're going to head into the uh, Southwest Regional as the uh, number three seed. Uh, do you really look much at the brackets, or is it just about going out and uh, wrestling each match like you did in the WPIL Championships?
1: Just like I did in the WPIL Championships. I haven't even looked at the brackets yet.
2: I, I like the way you operate, Trent. I like the way you, you think and, um, you know, definitely not getting caught up. And as you said, I, I said this early before we had you on. I said, I, I wasn't expecting you to win. Um, and that doesn't matter because you obviously were. And you said, you know, hey, I can go out there and I can do it. And and you did. It was probably one of the most impressive. It was the most impressive performance for me uh, of the tournament, the way that you went out there and, and uh, you know, took care of business. So, was this what was your goals in the beginning of the season? Was this something that you said I want to make the the state tournament? Um, you know, talk about just coming into the season.
1: Yeah, coming into the season, I just wanted to place place in the state. That's all. Just get a high high place in the states. That was my goal to place.
2: And, and talking about, I know you had mentioned with Donovan Chambers. He's a little bit older, a little bit stronger. You've had had some troubles with him. Um, was is that just sort of like a matchup? Thing with him is—is it you just feel like you don't match up well with him?
1: Yeah, our styles are a lot different. So yeah, we just don't match up very well. I don't know. Like I beat kids that beat him, and he's beat kids that beat me. So we just like we we have close matches, but our matchups are different. That's all I think it is.
3: And do you feel like if you had another chance to wrestle him, which may end up happening at the Southwest Regional Tournament, do you feel like uh, you know now what to do in order to be able to be successful and beat
1: him?
2: Uh,
1: Yeah, I I feel like the match can go either way again. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out.
2: And Trent, we we look forward to seeing you in the way that you've been wrestling. I think, like you said, don't even bother looking at the brackets. You're, you're set up nicely. That's as right. Greg said, you're a third seed. That's all you need to know. All you need to know is your bout number, and that's it, and just go out and, and wrestle. And I think you'll just be fine. And looking forward to seeing how you can compete. If you keep it up like you did at the WPIL championships, I mean, we're expecting we're, you to reach your goals and have that that top medal at the state tournament. Yeah,
1: well,
3: Trent, congratulations on your uh, WPO championship and best of luck next week, this coming weekend as you head into the Southwest Regional. All right, thank you. Thanks, Trent. Thanks again to Trent Schulteis of Freedom for joining us on the show. And then you look at uh, the Southwest Region, I mentioned he is the third seed. Jacob Powers comes into this one as the top seed. Do you like Schulteis uh, coming out here?
2: Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think based on, on the way – if he wrestles like he did right. last weekend, I, I expect him to be in the finals, to tell you the truth. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He's on the, the bottom half with some some pretty tough uh, opponents here. But if you look at how critical it was for, for certain individuals, John Rocco Gonzalez, uh, remember, a returning state medalist. He's third out of District 7. He's going to most likely get Jacob Powers in that quarterfinal round, which is – I mean, that's huge. that's a That's a, you know, at the beginning of the year, that was a top 10 ranked matchup there. And
3: really, if Rocco Casales wins that matchup, he and Miskovich could then wrestle again in the semifinals in a rematch.
2: Yeah, Miskovich could end up getting through there. I think I like his chances of getting through to the semifinals. So uh, when you look at how important that, that second Finishes at the the WPIO championship. Donovan Chambers, though, on a guy who owns three wins over uh, the WPIO champion Schulteis. He's going to have Isaac Benson from Huntington uh, in that first round, and that's going to be that's going to be a really tight match. Benson is extremely tough. Um, you know, he lost to to Powers in the finals of the District Six tournament, but he's a guy that I think is is one of the best in the bracket.
3: So, and the winner gets Schulteis. So. Should be a fun one there. That's going to be an interesting matchup in the opening round. Another one, Chase Proudfit taking on A.J. Corrado of Burl, and the winner of that
2: match, to be honest, I think could end up going to the
3: semifinals.
2: I, I honestly think A.J. Corrado is on a, a really good side. Of the, I mean, he fell, and if you look at the the way it fell, I think he's in a perfect side because if he gets through uh, Proudfit, I think he's pretty much uh, going into the semifinals. I don't think that's an issue there. Um, I think he beats Cody Brown from Chestnut Ridge. So, yeah, he, it could be another Schulteis uh, Corrado semifinals again for the second week in a row, or Isaac Benson and Donovan Chambers. I don't know. It, it's that bottom has to be fun. Well, so is the top too. So should be some interesting matchups
3: for sure. You look at 138 pounds in the WPIL. Jake Pale of Freedom wins the. Title with a 3-1 overtime win over Henri Stort of Derry. Eli Brinsky of South Fayette, your third-place finisher. So you look at 138 as far as the Southwest Regional. 138, probably not the strongest weight class for the WPIO goes. But Caleb Dowling of St. Joe's Academy is your top seed. Trustin Pugh of Berlin Brothers
2: Valley, number two. Yeah, and I was surprised that Pale. I mean, that's another freedom wrestler, so those freedom guys are doing something right. Head right. coach Jim Covert is... Uh, always full of some PA power. I know that. So uh, he's doing something right over there. Powell, yeah, they're get, a young team too. Very young, very young. So I like the, their chances in the next couple of years. But Pale actually had to win 3-1 in Southern Victory in the semifinals before winning 3-1 in Southern Victory in the finals. So he's clearly a guy that, that gets it done. But you're right. When I mean, you look at the Southwest Regional Tournament, Kale uh, Dowling's He's head and shoulders ahead of of the the pack here. He's a thirty and one on the season, and he was a returning state medalist uh, last year. He was he was uh, finished fourth. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent here, but I think you look at Tristan Pugh from Berlin as a sophomore, 33 and three on the season. Um, I like him on that bottom half and, um, you know, Charlie Beatty as well from Marion center. I think he's going to cause problems for some of those wrestlers down there, but I I really do. I think it's, it's Dowling and, uh, Pugh are are possibly we can see a a district six finals with Charlie Beatty as well. So yeah, it's going to be tough for the WPL to get more than, more than two guys qualified, I think, for the state tournament here. Right, I agree
3: with that. One hundred and forty-five pounds. Joe Demore of Southside. He is your champion. He defeats Tyler Griffiths of Southmoreland five to three. He had to defeat Michael Kusick of South Fayette to get to the finals. He defeats him five to two. Kusick comes back for third place.
2: Big win for Joe Demore. Yeah, Joey DeMore had a – I feel like he's been around forever. I mean, he's a senior. He's 34-1 and one coming into this tournament. I feel like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, he he had a I, – when I looked at this bracket, I thought, man, that's a, kind of a tough you know, side of the bracket. You had Ethan Barr from McGuffey, a tough freshman. And then, uh, as you said, Mike Kusick, another guy who seems like he's been around forever. So those two battling in the semifinals was a good match. And then, of course, with Tyler Griffiths uh, returning state runner-up, Yep, all the way up to 145. And um, that's a huge win for, for him, for Joe to get over uh, a guy of that caliber with Griffiths. So, uh, very, very good win for Joe.
3: And he's rewarded with the top seed at the Southwest Regional at 145 pounds because he's already beaten Alex Caldwell of Leonard Valley this year. So, Caldwell is the number two seed, in Austin Lee of Berlin Brothers Valley, you're number three. So, Tyler Griffiths in the
2: bottom half with those two guys. Yeah, and, and Tyler Griffiths, if he's going to make a a repeat run to the state finals or possibly just the the, uh, regional finals here. He's going to have to get through a lot. As you said, Austin Lee, that could be a potential quarterfinal matchup. Um, And Alex Caldwell from Ligonier on the bottom half uh, could potentially see Michael Cusick in that quarterfinal round. So, yeah, 45, it's got some depth to it, but the more he – by him winning this, I mean, he's got a huge – it was huge victory for him for placement in the bracket because, I mean, Evan Quartz, I think, from St. Joe's Academy, I think he's sort of uh, under the radar here. I, I think he's probably going to be the one who makes it into the semifinals against Demore. so – um and I wouldn't. I never count out any of those St. Joe's Academy kids. They're they're super tough. So, um, but I think the the front runners here, as you said, Demore, uh, Austin Lee, Alex Caldwell, and uh, Tyler Griffiths, obviously being a state runner up.
3: 152 pounds, Thane Lawrence of Frazier wins his second WPIL title in as many years. He won by major decision over Corey Christie, 9 to nothing. a big win for Lawrence. Christie was having a good tournament as he has uh, an entire senior season. He pinned Chase Kamara of Freedom, a state qualifier from last year, in the third period to advance to the finals. Kamara ends up coming back for third place. But Thane Lawrence, he looks solid
2: against Corey Christie. Man, I mean, when I saw that and I was thinking, man, 9 nothing over Corey Christie, a guy who just beat some some really quality kids down at the, the team tournament in Hershey. Corey Christie is a senior who's trying to get that monkey off his back and qualify for the state tournament for the first time in his career. But Thane Lawrence, the the wrestler who finished third last year uh, at the state tournament, takes care of business. 9 nothing. that really shows how much he has improved especially since I saw him at Escape the Rock in January I wasn't overly impressed with the way he was wrestling um, and he he clearly turned it on because beating Christie by a 9 nothing decision that Christie is really good so
3: and you mentioned he was a little banged up it seemed like at Escape the Rock so to come back and be able to come look fully healthy he just he dominated the weight class He goes into a challenging 152 pound weight class in the Southwest Regional. You got Justin McCoy of Chestnut Ridge. He's your number one. Dane Lawrence is number two. Andrew Todaro is your number three seed. Connor Law of Forest Hills, he's your number four. And that's where Corey
2: Christie then falls in at number five. 152 is. Dangerous. I mean, it is super loaded when you look at the number of uh, state-ranked wrestlers here. Obviously, Justin McCoy from Chestnut Ridge is the front runner there. He's looking for a second state title here from Chestnut Ridge. He's a guy who's highly touted on the national level. And Thane Lawrence... Obviously, you know, a guy who finished third last year at the state tournament, um, you know, not too shabby himself. I think this could be a potential, we could see this two weeks in a row, possibly. Yeah. There, there's, no, there's no doubt about it that that could happen. But you look at so a guy like Corey Christie, who's uh trying to make it to his first state tournament, he's going to have uh Alex Supanik from North Star in that first round, and as you said, Connor Law, who was the runner up. At the District 6 tournament, he's 33 and 3 on the year. Uh, very impressed with the way he's been wrestling. But as you said, Andrew Todaro from Mount Union, even a little bit better beating uh, Connor Law in the finals there. Um, that bottom half, though, between Thane Lawrence and, and Todaro, yeah, it's, it's, and even throwing Keegan Rothrock from St. Joe's Academy, um, that bottom half is going to be pretty brutal. But even the top, Camaro, Christie, um, Connor Law, Justin McCoy, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath.
3: Between uh, McCoy, uh, Chase Camara, Corey Christie, and Connor Law, one of those guys isn't going to be able to go to the state tournament. So which one is it going to be? We'll find out here coming up. But, yeah, it's definitely a loaded weight class. Yeah, it's
2: probably one of the deeper weight classes of the the, the Southwest region, I would say.
3: 160 pounds of WPIAL's champion was Sean Gates, and he won all three matches by first period fall. Not one of the deeper weight classes here for the WPIAL. Your uh, runner-up finisher was Christian Tamburo of Riverview. He uh, lost to Gates in back-to-back days, first in the section championships and then in the WPIL championships. Michael Didai had the upset over Jaden Gordon of Central Valley to get to the semifinals, but Tamburo beats him in overtime to advance to the final.
2: You look at 160 pounds and Jared McGill, the champion out of Chestnut Ridge. He's 38 and 0 in the season. He's a King of the Mountain champion, is a Powerade champion. He's down to 160 despite wrestling 170 last year. He's sort of the the guy that everyone's chasing here. Sean Gates, as you said, gets the third seed on a bottom half that's, uh, you know, I, I would say it's other than Derek Yingling, who's uh, undefeated there, 32 and 0 from West Branch. Sean Gates could could end up making the the semifinals. Yeah, I like uh, his chances to
3: get there to the semifinals. As far as the WPIO kids outside of Gates, I'm not sure if
2: they're gonna have a qualifier here in this weight class. No, I, I don't I can't foresee the district six and district five are just they're too loaded this weight class. Uh, I would see I, I could see no one other than Sean Gates making it.
3: 170 pounds, winning his second WPIO championship was Christian Clutter of McGuffey. He defeats Jaden Datz of Southmoreland in back-to-back days. He wins 1-0 in the finals over Dats to get the championship.
2: Austin Wally of Elwood City, he was your third-place finisher at the weight class. Christian Clutter is just really consistent. The way he wrestles, he's just he's always very consistent. Uh, you look at 170 pounds. Uh, of course, the front runner here is Robert Patrick from Ligonier Valley, a two-time state runner-up last year. He he lost in the finals to Edmund Ruth of Susquehanna Township, but he's undefeated on the year 27 and 0. He's the top seed at 170 pounds. But Clutter is the second seed, and um, I, I like his chances of of getting into the the finals here. Uh, Levi Hobson from Chestnut Ridge is the the third seed here, but uh, Clutter I think has a a straight shot, in my opinion, to the finals. I think it's...
3: It could also have a good match with Derek Brown of Penn Cambria as well. He's on the bottom half uh, to potentially get to that final. I do like Clutter to get to the semis without any issues, but that Hobson Brown match could be a good one to see who ends up wrestling Clutter.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, you look at Clutter and his path to the the semis is a little bit easier, but Hobson and and Brown, as you said, those two are going to do battle. Um, Both have over 60 wins between the two of them this year. So um, not not as deep in the southwest region at 170 as, as, like I said, 160, but still a very impressive weight class.
3: One hundred eighty-two pounds. Your champion was John Vargo of Bentworth. He defeated Luke Shingle of McGuffey for the second day in a row. He beats him one to nothing in the finals. Shingle had a big win over Jeff Magan of Quaker Valley. He beat him eight-seven in double overtime to advance to the finals. Magan ends up coming back for third.
2: Yeah, and you look at the the bracket here in the Southwest region, Kyle Myers from West Branch, he's a junior, 28-4 in the season. He's your top seed. Again, you look at sort of the way the bracket is laid out, 7-2 and 7-3 are both on the top half with Jeff Magan, uh, most likely going to have to wrestle Myers in that quarterfinal match. Uh, and Luke Shingle, probably going to have to wrestle Levi Sheeler from North Star. But Luke, Luke Shingle, I think, has a pretty decent shot to make it into the, the semifinals here, in my opinion, just by looking at the bracket. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And even Vargo set up in a nice spot as well. Yeah, Vargo in that bottom half there. And uh, Austin Kraus from Chestnut Ridge is, is the uh, third seed. But uh, Vargo, yeah, I mean, just the way he's been wrestling, I, I think he could potentially be in the, the Southwest Finals.
3: 195 pounds. Bryson Miller of Freedom, your champion. He defeated Tyler Stein of Summit Academy for the second year in a row in the WPL Championships. He beats him by fall at 531, and he really dominated that match. Dalton Lowe, McGuffey, finishes in third place. But I tell you, last year, Bryson Miller made the move up to 195. He was an undersized because he was 182 all year, but there was so much competition at 182 that he decided to go 195 because he had the clear path. It worked. He got a WPL Championship. He made it to the state tournament. He looks a lot more solid here this year at 195, and he definitely, uh, as opposed to a tight match with Stein last year, he took it to him this year.
2: So it wasn't wasn't very close, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean,
3: he ends up getting the fall, but even then it wasn't a tight match going into that before he got the fall.
2: Yeah, and I think that, that paid off for him last year because, like you said, he earned a trip to Hershey by going up to a weight, and now he looks a little bit more comfortable. Uh, 195, it cleared out a little bit because Anthony Walters from Bishop McCourt bumped up to 220 because there's a guy by the name of Gavin Hoffman who's at 195 pounds. So your top seed here is Hunter Tremaine from North Star, who's 34-2 and two in the season, a, a junior. I like the way he's wrestling uh, as of late. And, um, you know, Tyler Stein actually has a pretty decent draw being the the Whitfield runner-up here on the bottom half. So, um, But Bryson Miller, as you said, being that he is the, the District 7 champion, he's the, the third seed. Mount Union's area's Levi Hockenberry, is your second seed. I, I think I like Miller in that match. Yeah,
3: Miller's looked really good every time I've seen him, and you know I think he just continues to improve each and every week. So I, I agree with you. I think Miller has a good shot of making the finals, and I like Stein to make the semifinals as well. So I think the Powell should have a good showing here at 195. You look at 220 pounds. Your champion at the weight class was Dom DeLuca of Derry. He wins by a five-nothing decision over Connor Maine of West Green. Maine had lost to Ashton Lopez of Bentworth in the section champions early the day before, but he beats him by major decision this time around in the semifinals, eight to nothing to get there. Lopez does finish in third.
2: Yeah, how does that happen? How do you how do you major a guy that you lost to the previous day? You lost to
3: the previous day. I mean,
2: obviously. Sometimes you just don't have it, I guess. Yeah, no, I, and you may take someone for granted and, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, 220 pounds in the southwest region. you got Anthony Walters, a guy I just mentioned for Bishop McCourt. He's undefeated on the season, 27-0. and 0. Yeah, Anthony Walters, he does not want to finish uh, runner-up for the third year in a row. Um, so he's up at 220 pounds, and he is your top seed at 220. But Dom DeLuca a guy who was ranked as high as number one in the state. He had a few tough losses. In fact, he got pinned by Landon Fisher from Huntington at the team duels. But DeLuca is 42-3 and on the season, and uh, he's your second seed. So we could potentially see a Landon Fisher-Dom DeLuca rematch here. Uh, Landon Fisher was the runner-up to Anthony Walters in the District 6 Finals, but I, I think that Fisher gets through uh, Mason Augustine from North Star and I believe DeLuca will probably uh, get into the semifinals as well. So uh, Jake Ryan from Mount Union is a sophomore. He's going to be his, his toughest challenge there. Um, but uh, if DeLuca wrestles like he did last week and not the week at Team States, I think he, he has a chance to uh, make it to the, the semifinals and possibly the finals.
3: Yeah, he looked a lot different this week than he did at the uh, state championships, that is for sure. So we'll see if he can rebound and have a, a stronger tournament. But uh, definitely, as DeLuca coming in, and you mentioned during the season he was a number one ranked wrestler, to have Walters come up, I'm sure is something that uh,
2: had to be a little disheartening for DeLuca. Well, and DeLuca, I mean, I would love to see that. Well, number one, I'd love to see the DeLuca Landon Fisher rematch. Um, which because, I think will happen. Well, I hope it does. And then the winner of that, I mean, I'd like to see DeLuca. We saw what Anthony Walters did to Landon Fisher last weekend, but I'd like to see DeLuca match up with him because DeLuca is about 6'8, yep. and Walters is a tank and about 5'8. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the height difference there and alone is, is just fun to see. So, um, it'd be interesting to see how that, that all plays out. 285 pounds, Bishop McCoy of
3: southside. He wins his second WPIL championship. He had to go to overtime to do it, but he beats David Schuford of Valley 3-1 to one to win the title. Those two were head and heels
2: above the rest of the competition here in the, in the WPIL championships. Another Bishop McCourt wrestler here, Josiah Jones, uh, also a two-time state runner-up. So him and Walters, man, that, how cool would that be if they both won a state title this year? That would be incredible. You know, instead of being three, uh, two three-time state runner-ups, they both won a title their senior year. But Josiah Jones, he has looked very good this year. He's 28-1 and on the season. Uh, he is your top seed there. Bishop McCoy is your second seed thirty five and one on the season, both these wrestlers wore state medals uh last year, and Josiah Jones was at two hundred and twenty pounds, but he's going to wrestle heavyweight in college, so I'm not surprised to see him uh competing up at this weight. but I think those two are, are kind of uh the front runners here, but as you said in the Whipio finals uh McCoy went to overtime with uh, schuford so could Schufer I could see Schufer making the semifinals
3: yeah I really could and you know, Schufer has gotten better as the season's gone on and, and from last year to this year but McCoy didn't look like himself i mean he didn't seem as aggressive uh, in this tournament so we'll see if he changes things or you know maybe he's been uh, battling something that we don't know about but comparing his performance from previous tournaments to now, it looks like he just wasn't as aggressive out there against Schufert as well as even in his uh, semifinal match, which was only a 10-5 win over Mitch Miles of Laurel. He just, again, didn't seem as aggressive as he typically is.
2: And how many do you think the WPIO gets to the state tournament? I think they get at least two, possibly three folks. Per- in the 285? Yeah, 285.
3: Yeah, I would say definitely two. I think uh, McCoy and Schufert for sure. And I, I like Cody Vokes as well. I think he had a good tournament. He ends up uh, placing third pretty soundly. And, you know, if, if I was to pick another guy, I think uh, he'd be the person that I'd look out for. Okay. You look at. Uh, from recapping the WPO championships, how some of the teams did. First, I want to mention, there's a couple big names that weren't wrestling. Dominic Fundy, a right. best center, did not wrestle. He had a hand injury. So he is a uh, state runner-up last year, Does not uh, will not be wrestling in the postseason. Another guy, four cherries, Nick Candelor. Yeah, he's, he also was not uh, there in the tournament. He's been banged up all year. So a couple of guys that you typically would see in the state championships, let alone the WPL championships, they were not present at all. Yeah, for the WPL, the leader was Burrell, as expected. They had 13 wrestlers in the WPL championships. They advanced 11 yeah, the Southwest that's is huge, tournament. huge for them. The next team down was Derry. They end up going 9 for 10 in the WPL Championships. Freedom, they go 8 for 10. And then South Fayette, they go 7 for 11. So as expected, those were the top teams in the team side of it, and they were the top teams here as well. McGuffey went 6 for 8, so they had uh, six qualifiers in there as well. So your top five that we talked about all season, your top five here in individuals as well. Right. The tournament uh, schedule for the Southwest Regional Pairings, wrestling starts on Friday. It's going to be at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So if you're going to head out there, wrestling is going to start the preliminaries at 2 o'clock on Friday. And then the estimated time for the quarterfinals is set for 5.45. On Saturday, wrestling begins at 10 a.m. with the second round of consolations. Semifinals estimated to begin around noon. And then the consolation finals... Fifth place matches as well as the finals all set to start at 545. So that is your wrestling schedule at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Triple A also gets underway this weekend with the four section tournaments. Section one will be at Kiskey, Section two will be at Connellsville, Section 3 at Fox Chapel, and Section 4 will be at Trinity. Uh, re- matches begin at 9 30 a.m and i believe they're going to wrestle straight through i don't think they'll have much of a break as far as i know
2: uh yeah I, I don't remember in years past i think they do just wrestle them straight through
3: so there'll be three mats at each site full wrestlebacks from the round of eight but wrestling will begin there at
2: 9:30 at each of the four section championships i'm excited to see the the brackets and seeds the WPL they do such a good job and i mean being somebody who has to track down and hunt down brackets and seeds the wpil is is by far the the most efficient i would say at at providing especially media members with the uh, seeds and the brackets and all the information so early and it's just it just it's nice to have that it's a relief i know what to expect with the wpil so i'm excited to see Uh, the brackets and the seeds for for the section tournaments.
3: And if you're uh, waiting to see who's going to be at each weight class, make sure you stay with us. PA Power Wrestling will have all of the... Seeds and the brackets and everything that comes out once we have them we 're going to get them out to you guys
2: so you can follow along and, and rankings as well is are updated and this is the best time of the year for rankings. I love them because it 's easy because you have these guys that haven 't seen each other and they haven 't gone head to head and um, it 's nice to see how the the you know chips fall in this sense, so uh, definitely check out the regional and the state rankings, which will be updated this week um, and yeah we 're going to be providing all the coverage you can. And make sure you stay with
3: us next week as we'll recap the Southwest Regional Tournament as well as the sections for the top four from Trinity, but then also previewing the WPIL Championships for AAA. It's going to be fun. It's that time of year. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks to Trent Schulteis of Freedom and congratulations to him again on winning a WPIO WPIL Championship. Excuse me. And thank you for my broadcast partner, Jeff Upson. He does a great job each and every week.
2: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. You don't have to thank me.
3: I know you I I, I felt like you needed it after the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been kinda going at you a little bit. Yeah, you have and so I wanted to make sure I gave you a little extra shout out today. Thanks for the shout-out. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Anything for you. Thanks. Thanks for everybody listening in. make sure you stay with us next week here on We're Up on the WPIO.
0: With the lucky land sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.